father's lightsaber. What? Lightsabers, precious? Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and Cycle Podcast, where we waste time in fictional wikis. My name is Ryan. My name is Joanna. And I'm Vicky. Yay, we have a guest. So, as you all know, it's Father's Day. Well, not really. It was yeah. Father's Day last weekend, but in keeping with what lightsaber's precious, uh, proud tradition, we are doing things far too late. And on a day that was invented to honor fathers everywhere, who more appropriate to have on this program than my mom... <laughs> Hello. <laughs> yeah, we have Vicky on. Vicky's a Vicky's maybe our most fervent listener. She yes. even listened to part of the Ninja yes. School episode. I found which out. I find to be unlistenable sometimes. So <laughs> I'm. She, we're, we're, we are different. we are honored to have you with us, and thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Mom, tell us: um, Have you, uh, at various points in your life, ever been a Lord of the Rings or a Star Wars fan? Definitely Lord of the Rings. I read yeah. the books and was very excited when the movies came out. Um, I didn't get into Star Wars as much. I'm kind of getting caught up on those now. How many Star Wars have you seen? I believe you've seen, you've seen the old ones, right? Yes. Okay. Have you seen? Did you see the the, the prequels? Um, so one, two, three. What's uh, the one about Khan? Oh, that's Star Trek. That's Star Trek. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that, well. That is Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan. Okay. And also Into Darkness was the remake. Yes. So maybe well, the answer is maybe, maybe not. No. Maybe no. Okay. Do you remember like a really annoying little kid um, being like, now this is pod racing. Remember Jar Jar Binks? Yes. Okay. Yes. You and I, I think you did see it in the theater with me when I was about like 11. But it was, you know, a hot minute ago, so. This is pod racing? Yeah. It's a little boy. Julianna just picks the parts that he thinks everyone will know. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> does know except my mom. <laughs> Maybe that's for the better. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. So we have a guest. It's our second, our third episode of the guests. And first live in studio. Oh, that's first live in studio. Anyway, we're very happy to have her here. Thank you for being here, Vicky. Yeah, thank you so You're much. You're very welcome. All right, we need to move on to Star Wars or Lord of the Rings news. I have Lord of the Rings news. Yeah, this is big news, in fact. This is news that's going to, like, kick the butt off your face. So this is um, the 277th edition of Amunhen, which is the Bulletin of the Tolkien Society. They just sent it to me. I received it today. Um, One page in here has everybody's Myers-Briggs personality types. You know what's a fun thing to do? What? If someone tells you their Myers-Briggs personality type, you'd be like, is that Hitler's personality type? <laughs> yeah, no matter what personality type is, the joke works. Yeah. <laughs> the joke works. So, Ryan, what's your Myers-Briggs personality type? Whatever Hitler's was. Okay. Oh, mine's a INFP. Mine is also INFP. Have you ever done your Myers-Briggs, Mom? Yes, I have, but I don't think I remember. You're probably INFP. What does that stand for? So, INFP stands for Introvert, Intuition, yeah. Feeling, and Perceiving. INFP is the idealist type. And in fact, that is that is Frodo's Myers-Briggs personality type. So we all have the same oh, Myers-Briggs wow. personality type as Frodo. Cool. Baggins. I'm into that. Yes. Now, in case anybody's curious, Gandalf is INFJ. 
Sam is ISFJ, the nurturer. Legolas is ESTP, the doer. Uh-huh. Gimli is ESTJ, the supervisor. Okay. Aragorn is ENTJ, commander. I feel like they just picked that because it says commander. Yeah. Arwen is ENFP, the champion. Eowyn is ISTP, the craftsman. Saruman is ENTP, the visionary. Uh-huh. And Gollum is also INFP. I told you he was! <laughs> <laughs> and they, after, after Gollum is INFP, they have parentheses, exclamation points. That's this, because they're yelling it! It's the same, it's the same as Frodo. It's been the same as that stupid fat hobbit. No, 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 they're not the same as Sam, the same as Frodo. Not the fat one, but stupid and stupid. Yeah, they're two sides, two sides of the same coin. Two sides of the same stupid coin! Oh. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so if your Myers-Briggs personality type is the same as Hitler's, well, now maybe it's also the same as Gollum's. Which is worse? Which is worse? Ooh, that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ryan, what do you have for Star Wars news? You said you had nothing, so never mind. Uh, again, I... Star Wars 9, Rise of Skywalker, Mark Hamill drops three Luke bombshells, bad news for fans. Uh-oh, this doesn't sound like clickbait at all. I wonder what these three bombshells are. I'm so glad I clicked this link to find out on express.co.uk. There's a freaking video. I hate this. I'm not going to watch a video. Um, what are the three surprises? What do you think they are? I think one is Luke is going to be back as like a ghost or something. Okay, maybe that's, but what's the one that's bad news for fans? Jar Jar Binks is also going to be back as a ghost. Jar Jar Binks is back, but not as a ghost. He's just there. He's just there. He's just still alive. For some reason, he has no right to still be extant, but he is. And also, Luke is a girl now. Oh, they're going to hate that. That's yeah. pandering. That is so pandering. Mom, what do you think the bad news is going to be? About Luke. Bad news about Luke? Yeah. Oh, we're not going to watch this know. video, so we're just making it up. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Um, so he's going to be a girl. Mm-hmm. He's, he's gonna be a, a girl ghost. Yeah, he's girl, gonna be a girl ghost. ghost. So, yeah, that's how much people thinks people would hate. He'd be a girl ghost. They're pandering. That's ghost. pandering. Pandering to both feminists and ghosts. Yeah. When will when will studios stop pandering to ghosts? <laughs> yeah. I say he's gonna be a really annoying. Oh, okay. There we go. Oh, he's gonna, gonna be whiny. You know. Whiny, or maybe I'm a guy, right? Maybe he sounds like maybe he sounds like Janice from Friends. Oh, that'd be bad, right? He's like, ha, <laughs> <laughs> I'm back I'm on the force. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be awful. Yeah, that would be bad news for fans. That's the yes, big news. Bad news for Star Wars fans. Anyway, Joanna. What are you going to teach us about Lord of the Rings today? I say us, because both me and Vicky are going to learn something. Well, it's going to be a Father's Day episode, because of course it is, because Father's Day was uh, a whole week ago. And so, um, Mom, who do you think is the best father in Lord of the Rings? Oh, wow. Um, <sighs> best father? Not Galadriel. Arwen? Arwen! I knew it started with an A. Ah! Who was her father? Elrond. Elrond! Yes. Elrond! Interesting choice. So why does he get your vote? He just seems, um, you know, level-headed, calm. Mm Mm-hmm. But he doesn't approve of her relationship with Aragorn. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, he's not going nuts about it. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's true, Dad. If you disapprove of your immortal daughter's relationship with a mortal man, is kind of a agree to disagree. Yeah, don't go nuts. Don't go nuts with it. Keep it real, man. Keep it real. All right, I like that, Elrond. 
Elrond is a good pick. Ryan, who do you think the best dad is? From what you've told me, I believe it is Samwise Gamgee and his bajillion children who he loves all equally. Oh. And I, he told me all those sweet stories about him and his, and his little daughter, you know, staying up late with old Sam Dad. Yeah, 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 Eleanor. Yeah. That's a very, very sweet I'm going to say Samwise Gamgee, best dad. All right, so we got Elrond and we got Sam Gamgee. Let me tell you about some other dads and you can mm-hmm. tell me where you think they mm-hmm. rank. Okay. Okay. All right. And I'm going to be, like, real with you guys. Most of these dads are really bad. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so we pick the one that is the least bad? You guys are going to pick... Yeah. Well, no, no, no. There is one in here that gets my vote. Oh. But, but... Give us a hint. What if I say it? What do, what do you think it is? Sauron. Definitely. Single Definitely dad trying to make Sauron. it on his own. Just trying to make it on his own. Actually, it's Morgoth. Morgoth created oh. all those orcs. He's basically their dad. I mean, he yeah. created them by, like, tampering with the elves' DNA or whatever, but, like, he's basically their dad. And look how much he's nurtured yeah. them. He's let them live in caves. Yeah. He lets them be free. He just lets them be free. He lets them do with it. It's free-range parenting. I know. That's what it is. <laughs> if you love them, let them go, and they'll come back. Right. And they do. They do. They do. They don't have any other choice. All right. So, so first, let's talk about... Gaffer Gamgee. Is this Sam's dad? Yeah, this is Samwise Gamgee's dad. His real name is Hamfast, but they call him Gaffer Gamgee because he's a gaffer, which, for those of you who don't speak, like, old English, is a gardener. A gaffer. A gaffer. Don't we have gaffers on movies? They do have gaffers yeah, on movies. They do. I well, don't know if they garden. So I honestly don't know what they do. <laughs> Set dressing, maybe? Like, kind of like the best boy, where it's like, what do you do? What the hell? Well, they'd, they'd be best. They'd be best. They'd be best. I'll find out. Yeah, find out first. We can research while we're... uh, Yeah, while we're doing this. Find out who gaffs. So mostly this is just going to be like direct quotes from Lord of the Rings that I think exemplify the relationship between father and child. Sure. So here's our first one. You're not but a ninny hammer, Sam Gamgee. That's what the gaffer said to me often enough, it being a word of his. A what? A ninny hammer. A ninny hammer? Yeah. You shouldn't call your son a ninny hammer. Oh, he calls him so many things. Remember, this is the man that literally named his son Dumbass. Oh, no. All right. Do you have something, Vicky, about gaffing? Uh, it is the chief electrician in a motion oh. picture or television production unit. So they know electricity stuff. Informal, an old man. An old man. Gaffer Gamgee. Gaffer Gamgee. Right. All right, thank you. Here's another quote. My word, but the gaffer would have a thing or two to say if he saw me now. Often said I'd come to a bad end if I didn't watch my step he did. But now I don't suppose I'll ever see the old fellow again. He'll miss his chance of I told you so, Sam. More's the pity. He could go on telling me as long as he'd got breath if only I could see his old face again. See, Sam loves his dad. He would call him a ninny hammer. Yeah, he calls him a ninny hammer. Hold on, here's, here's another one. Save me, said Sam, turning white and then flushing scarlet. There I go again. Whenever you open your big mouth, you put your foot in it, the gaffer used to say to me, and right enough. More about this quote. Various reproachful names for himself came to Sam's mind, drawn from the gaffer's large paternal word hoard. <laughs> word hoard. <laughs> he just no. has so many mean things that he calls Sam. So he has this big pile of words in his head, and he pulls out ninny hammer. Like, ninny hammer, ninny hammer. hammer. <laughs> It's like literally, maybe it's literally the worst swear word in Hobbit society. It could be. The uh, ninny hammer. Maybe. It's like I, the F word. I think he'd rather get bad, you know, negative attention than no attention at all. Maybe so. Maybe <laughs> oh, so with that many siblings. Oh, maybe, yeah. He's yeah. acting out on purpose. There's, acting up how dumb he is. There's a part where, where, where Frodo can tell that Sam is getting down on himself. And like Frodo literally <laughs> says to Sam, don't think of any of your gaffer's hard names. <laughs> From his word hoard. Yeah, from his, word, from his large paternal word hoard. He's literally, he's literally like, Sam, is that how you really feel? Or is that your dad talking? Whose voice are you hearing in your head yeah. right now? Is it yours or is it your dad? 
Whose dream are you following? Yours or Gaffer's? Or Gaffer's. They're one and the same. Yeah. Fortunately. All about the gardening. And as I said, also he named his son Dumbass Gamgee. That is mean. So that is Gaffer Gamgee. But I think the next one up might arguably be a worse dad. Okay. Well, think of, who who do you think would be like the single worst father in Lord of the Rings? You're probably there's right. There's only so many examples. Uh, like you're talking about, like in the books, not wanting to talk about like Silmarillion or something. No, yeah, it's going to be in the Lord of the Rings, not not from the. Cell. I'm going to say old messy eater Denethor. Yeah, it's Denethor. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. It has to be Denethor, right? Yes. Okay. So so how good of a dad Denethor was really depends on which of his sons you're talking about. Well, if you're talking about Boromir. Number one dad. And father of the year, like engrave it on a mug. You're talking about Faramir. Good to go go on a road trip with him to Cooperstown. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. But if you're talking about Faramir, so so we have Boromir, beloved by his father, was like him in face and pride, but in little else. Faramir, the younger, was like Denethor in looks, but otherwise in mind. He read the hearts of men as shrewdly as his father, but what he read moved him sooner to pity than to scorn. And his, his dad was not into this. So, for example, here's, here's something that Denethor says to his, his youngest son, Theramir. Okay. Ever your desire to appear lordly and generous as a king of old, but in desperate hours, gentleness may be repaid with death. What a freaking ninny hammer. <laughs> Isn't that really like a, like a, like a really encouraging pep talk? And then Faramir just says, so be it. So he's saying Faramir's trying to act like all noble and like holier than thou, but... That's going to get him killed. Yes. He sees it as, like, kind of like a false nobility, mm-hmm, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you're just trying to act like you're so much better than me. But listen, son, you're not. You're fake. We both put on <laughs> pants one yeah. leg at a time, and we both are terrible at eating tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> that part of it, too, like, he took on his father's appearance as well as his ability to inability to eat tomatoes. <laughs> tomatoes yeah. <laughs> Like the whole family just has like a ring of tomato sauce around their mouth at all times, like a grody kid. That's why Boromir grow beard. That's why Boromir, yeah, just to hide it. Can't catch tomato juice. Save it if you later. later. (laughs) All right, so here's another thing Denethor says. Uh, This is him talking to Pippin. A little love do I bear the name, since those accursed words come to trouble our counsels and drew away my son on the wild errand to his death. My Boromir, now we have need of you. Faramir should have gone in his stead. He would have gone, said Gandalf. Be not unjust in your grief. Boromir claimed the errand and would not suffer any others to have it. So this is like one of a few times Denethor's like, Faramir, I wish you were dead. That sucks. Yeah. You know, it's gonna be like, shut up. Shut up, old man. Right. And of course, here is like the ultimate just twist of the knife. Okay. I hope that I have not done ill. Faramir looked at his father. Ill? cried Denethor, and his eyes flashed suddenly. Why do you ask? The men were under your command. Or do you ask for my judgment on all your deeds? Your bearing is lowly in my presence. Yet it is long now since you turned from your own way at my counsel. See, you have spoken skillfully as ever. But I, have I not seen your eye fixed on Mithrandir, seeking whether you said well or too much? He has long had your heart in his keeping. Heavy. You're not my son anymore. You're right. like Gandalf's little puppet. Yeah, why don't you go to Daddy Gandalf? Yes. Do you wish, then, said Faramir, that our places had been exchanged? Yes, I wish that indeed, said Denethor. For Boromir was loyal to me and no wizard's pupil. He would have remembered his father's need and would not have squandered what fortune gave. He would have brought me a mighty gift. 
other people would have maybe <laughs> hinted around it, maybe some passive yeah. aggressive stuff. Like, no, say, I wouldn't say that. Like, gift. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, like I, no, I would never say that. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if it was your brother, I think he might have brought the ring to me. But he's like, I wish you were dead. He's saying the quiet parts loud. He really is doing it wrong. <laughs> yes, yes. Again, no filter. None. <laughs> Now, Denethor, it must be said, does have a change of heart once Faramir's on death's door. So, for example, he starts losing his mind and saying things like, I sent my son forth, unthanked, unblessed, out into needless peril, and here he lies with poison in his veins. What's that? Too little too late, my dude. Too little too late. Maybe you should have... Yeah. I mean, and also, like, your your moment of redemption is not the time to try and burn your son alive. Yeah. I feel like that kind of undercuts your whole, like, yeah. redemption arc. You just mm. spend a whole bunch of time telling him he wish he was dead instead of his brother. And it's like, well, you get what you wish for, bud. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. Men came to the door crying for the lord of the city. Nay, I will not come down, he said. I must stay beside my son. He might still speak before the end, but that is near. Follow whom you will, even the grey fool, though his hope has failed. Here I stay. Now, I feel like Denethor is making it all about him. That's a good point. I that feel is like, a good point. What are you, who are you doing this for, Denethor? Are you doing this for, for, your, for your boy? Are you doing this because you want to feel better about Tony? you want him to die? What do you and think, Mom? This performance. I think he's making it all about him. Yeah. Yeah? I do. So you think that's kind of, yes, I like, agree. Per, but do you think, like, he actually does feel bad? Maybe a little bit, but I think he's also a, a messy bee who lives for drama. A messy bee who lives for drama. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. That's for sure. Denethor started as one waking from a trance, and the flame died in his eyes, and he wept, and he said, Do not take my son from me. He calls for me. Again, making it about him. <laughs> yeah. He calls yeah. for me. Me, yeah, me, yeah, me, yeah, me, yeah, me. Yeah, 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 That's true. That's true. Now, uh, here's Tolkien's take on Denethor. This is from a letter that he wrote. Okay. Denethor was tainted with mere politics, hence his failure and his mistrust of Faramir. It had become for him a prime motive to preserve the polity of Gondor as it was against another potentate who had made himself stronger and was to be feared and opposed for that reason rather than because he was ruthless and wicked. Denethor despised lesser men and one may be sure did not distinguish between orcs and the allies of Mordor. If he had survived as victor, even without use of the ring, he would have taken a long stride towards becoming himself a tyrant. Wow. So, like, wow. that's talking himself, just being like, yeah, Denethor sucks. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad he, he realized, and he, he, he did write Denethor. As he did write guy, Denethor. So he did write Denethor. Now, yeah. now, do you want a little peek into the psychology of Denethor? No. Well, that's, that's too bad. <laughs> oh, man, I hate ologies. I'm so sorry to hear that because you're participating in the Lord of the Rings theme podcast. No, 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 no. Tell me more. So, so, yeah. Mom, yeah, right. so, Mom, if you met a guy like Denethor, what would you think happened to him in his childhood to make him like that? Oh, I think um, he... I don't know whatever happened to Trump happened to him. <laughs> <laughs> He's a rich boy with a you mean rich his father. His father gave him a small one million dollar loan. Is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah. That's when all the trouble started. Yes. Well, actually, it's kind of interesting that Denethor plays favorites with his son so much because his own father, Ichthelion, played favorites, but not with um, Denethor and his actual blood siblings. With Denethor and a stranger called Thorongil. Do you remember who Thorongil is? I don't know. Who is it? Who is it actually? It's a it's a pseudonym. Oh, it's a secret name. Is that is that Baron? Is that or Baron Luthien? Who am I thinking of? Who had a Throngil? Throngil. Throngil. Don't remember. It's Aragorn. 
Oh. Do you remember oh. when he was young, Aragorn? Right. So for a while, he yeah. served under Theoden's dad. And then he went to Gondor and he served under Denethor's dad. Because Aragorn's like eight bajillion years old because of the partial pressure of his blood. He he looks much younger. Right, yeah. And so he he, he served with Ecthelion. And Ecthelion, or so it seemed to Denethor, liked Aragorn a lot better. I mean, to be fair. <laughs> Maybe. To be fair. Maybe. Who do you like better? Now, now, so here's, so in much that Ixthelion did, he had the aid and advice of a great captain whom he loved above all. He was a great leader of men by land or by sea, but he departed into shadows whence he came before the days of Ixthelion were ended. There was great dismay in the city at the departure of Thorongil, and to all men it seemed a great loss, unless it were to Denethor, the son of Ixthelion, a man now ripe for the stewardship, to which after four years he succeeded on the death of his father. Denethor was ever placed second to the stranger in the esteem of his father. I mean, that sucks, but... Yeah, not even a sibling. Isn't that Stranger. sad? During the end of the rule of his father, Ecthelion II, Denethor must have greatly desired to consult the stone, the Palantir. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As anxiety in Gondor increased, while his own position was weakened by the fame of Thorongil and the favor shown to him by his father, at least one of his motives must have been jealousy of Thorongil and hostility to Gandalf, to whom, during the ascendancy of Thorongil, his father paid much attention. So now we know why he's so salty about Gandalf, too. So that's maybe some of the background. So they say that, like, you know, the stuff repeats itself, right? Like, yeah, it's a, it's a cycle. Boy, was just like me. And the cuts in the cradle of the silver spoon. That's basically what we have here. That's basically what we have here. So sad. So sad. But you know what? I've got an even worse dad on here. Well, Mom, did you listen to our episode on Aldarian and Arendis, the guy who kept going to sea? Like, over and over again? I th- yes, I did. Okay. Ryan, you remember Aldarian and Arendis? Yeah, he sucked. You remember how Aldarian had a daughter? Yep. Because, like, I'm sure he barely remembered a it half the time. A daughter who ended up loving sheep more than men because he was gone. Constantly. He was just, like, such a bad dad. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. So, yeah. So, Aldarian. So... We're talking about this jerk again. Early, yeah, well, he's a terrible dad, so we have to. Uh, we don't have so to. So, early, <laughs> early on in their marriage, which you have to um, remember was preceded by, like, an extremely long engagement period because he just couldn't, couldn't stay away from boats. Yeah, I know. Right? But when Arendis found out she was pregnant, it says, in her heart she was glad, for she thought, surely now Aldarian will desire a son to be his heir, and he will abide with me long yet. But then, he, then she had a daughter. She had a daughter, but she thought, okay, I'm having this daughter, but then he's going to be like, oh, I want a son, and he's going to stick around, maybe. To have a son. Also, maybe to raise his daughter, maybe. Is it too much mm-hmm. to hope for? No. But no. it's not too much. I mean, that's like normal father stuff. Now, 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 ha- having a kid to try and keep the marriage together, Mom, would you say that's a stupid <laughs> no, idea? No, that, that is not a wise idea. Do you think this is going to work out? Uh, I don't have a lot of hope for it. Well, you're, you're correct in your thinking, because when Ankalime was close on four years old, Aldarian at last declared openly to Arendis his desire to sail again from Numenor. He sucks. He left the house the day after his daughter's fourth birthday. Oh. Yeah, he told me that. That sucked. Yup. He picked up Ankalime and kissed her, but though she clung to him, he put her down quickly and rode off. Bye. All right, that's not, just get off, that's enough. Get off. Get off. <laughs> <laughs> Late. Now, when he comes back, Many, many, many years later, he somehow thinks he has a right to be in his daughter's life. 
So he says, quote, I was told in Armenelos that my wife was here and had removed my daughter hither. As to the wife, I am mistaken, it seems, which he says because she's being very cold. So it's like she's not even his wife anymore. What what even? Why are women like that? But have I not a daughter? His wife replies, you had one some years ago, but my daughter is not yet risen. So he's like, go wake her up because I'm extremely important. And, you know, she, she needs to know me, me who abandoned her for like 15 years. Uh, so the daughter says, who are you? And why do you bid me rise so early before the house is stirring? And uh, Aldarian says, you knew me once, Lady Ancalime, but no matter. Today I am but a messenger from Armenelos to remind you that you are a daughter of the king's heir and you shall be his heir in your turn. But go back to your bed now, my lady. I am in haste to see the king. Farewell! <laughs> and he leaves again. Again. He leaves again. He's like, let's... You know what I'm say about that? What? That guy's a real ninny hammer. He is. He's not but a ninny hammer. <laughs> Pull that out from your great paternal word hoard. Yeah. All right, I have one more dad I want to talk about. All right. No, 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 I have two more dads. I have one more bad dad I want to talk about. Oh, okay, about. okay. Oh, and Which is more fun. We get to the good one then. Yes, yes, I promise. I did promise. All right, so uh, Feanor. Feanor. Who, so you remember Feanor, right, Ryan? Mm-hmm. He's the guy who got all obsessed with bringing back the Silmarils. He slaughtered a bunch of his own people mm-hmm. to steal their boats. He had seven sons, all of whom were kind of dickheads, and like all of whom died. So, so this is this is a quote from Faramir trying to rally his people. All right, so here he goes. Why, oh my people! He cried. Is it from Feanor? Is it, this is, is Feanor. I think it's Faramir. Oh, this is Feanor okay. trying to rally his people. Why, oh my people, he cried, why should we longer serve these jealous gods who cannot keep us, nor their own realm even, secure from their enemy? And though he be now their foe, are not they and he of one kin? Vengeance calls me hence, but even were it otherwise, I would not dwell in the same land with the kin of my father's slayer and the thief of my treasure. Yet I am not the only valiant in this valiant people. And have ye not all lost your king? And what else have ye not lost cooped here in a narrow land between the jealous mountains and the harvestless sea. Here once was light that the valor begrudged to Middle-earth, but now dark levels all. Shall we mourn here, heedless forever, a shadow folk, mishaunting, dropping vain tears in the salt, thankless sea, or shall we go home? Etc, 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 etc. He goes on Today on. is our Independence Day. Then Feanor swore a terrible oath. Straight away, his seven sons leaped to his side, and each took the self-same oath, and red as blood shone their drawn swords in the glare of the torches. Okay. So at least there's, like, some family solidarity. I mean, the brother's like, yeah, we gotta help dad. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Uh, I pledge an oath to dad. To dad. And, and, and the result of that dadly oath was, at the time of the War of Wrath, only two of the seven sons remained. <laughs> so Majros and Maglor, yeah. they stole the last two Silmarils from the camp of Aonwe, but their evil deeds in recovering them meant that the Hallowed Jewels rejected them. Rejected their claimants. And what does it mean when the Silmarils reject you as an owner? Well, Maedros in anguish threw himself into a fiery fissure. One son left. <laughs> yep. And Maglor in despair cast his jewel into the great sea. Dumb. Dumb. I don't know if he died, actually. Maybe he did live. Maybe. I, mean, I-, I like to think he died. Okay. I prefer to, like think-, to think he I prefer to think he is deceased. And then all of them died. The yep. End. The end. So that's Feanor as a dad. What do you what do you, what do you make of that dad son relationship? I, I I like the like the the family loyalty. Yeah, that's that's good. But you know, kinda... family who slays together stays. Stays together. together. Well, I think 
It's good to be loyal to your dad, but sometimes you just have to recognize, like, hey, my dad is a stupid idiot. Leading me to my death. Yeah, you have to be able to recognize when your dad is a stupid idiot. That's Families 101. I think any family therapist would say that. (laughs) Stupid idiots. Well, here's the problem. Your dad is a stupid idiot. Yeah, have you considered... You don't have any problems at all. Your dad's just a stupid idiot. He, he killed his own people and then charged you with bringing back jewels that rejected you as their claimants and caused you to jump into a fiery fissure. That's stupid. I'm glad we talked about your feelings a little bit, but I just want to point out that your dad's a real ninny hammer. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to make ninny hammer a thing, Ryan? I'm kind of a now. I like it now. I like it. First, I'm making fun of it. I'm kind of like, this is fun to say. Yeah. Yeah. So my, so I added it to my word hoard. So <laughs> to, your, to your large paternal word hoard? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So, so here's here's my vote for best dad. Okay. Kind, kind of a kind of an interesting pick, Theoden. Theoden, huh? Theoden. Theoden is pick for best Theoden. dad. You know why? Because even though his own son died, and Aomer and Eowyn weren't his biological children, he acted like a dad to them. You know, it takes a real man to be a dad. Yeah, and 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 your dad is not necessarily the the person who donated his gametes to your creation. <laughs> I didn't want to say sperm, but now I've just said it. So sperm. Hey, would, would you say um, that uh, that Sam has some gaffer gametes? Boom! <laughs> 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 yes. Okay. Um. So so Theoden, right? Yeah. So here's some quotes. Uh, so from Theoden. So Theoden, he was a gentle heart and a great king, and kept his oaths. And he rose out of the shadows to a last fair morning. His sister Theodwin lived with him in Edoras, and after she and her husband both died, he adopted her children, Aomer and Eowyn, as his own. He had a son, Theodrid, whose mother, Elfhild, died in childbirth. So he definitely views Aomer and Eowyn as his own children. Yeah. He calls Eowyn sister-daughter, daughter, and dearer than daughter. Oh, nice. Yes. Uh, the, the, the feeling... Um, is, is mutual. So, for example, uh, Eowyn thinks very highly of her uncle. So, the king now rose, and at once Eowyn came forward bearing wine. Fair to Theoden hail, she said. Receive now this cup and drink in happy hour. Health be with thee at thy going and coming. Then the king sat upon a seat before his doors, and Eowyn knelt before him and received from him sword and a fair corslet. Farewell, sister-daughter, he said. Dark is the hour, yet maybe we shall return to the Golden Hall. But in Dunharrow the people may long defend themselves, and if the battle go ill, thither will come all who escape. Speak not so, she answered. A year shall I endure for every day that passes until you return. The king now went down the stair with Gandalf beside him. Alone, Eowyn stood before the doors of the house at the stair's head. The sword was set upright before her, and her hands were laid upon the hilts. So you see, like... She's like real affection between yeah, them. Yeah, she's tight with her dad. Right? A year shall I endure for every day that passes until your return. This is her adoptive father. This is her adoptive father. Yeah, they exactly. They didn't really know their mom, right? Like the, the Aowen Aomer kids. Uh, no, like, no, yeah. They were, they were really young. Well, right? I mean, they did, but they were really young. Yeah, okay. they were really young when she passed. All right. Um, so when Theoden dies on the battlefield, as he does, actually his last thoughts and words are of Aowen. Oh, really? Yes. So he says, uh, Grieve not, gr- uh, great heart will not be denied. Live now in blessedness, and when you sit in peace with your pipe, think of me. This is him talking to Mary. Mm-hmm. For never now shall I sit with you in Metacell, as I promised, or listen to your herb lore. 
He closed his eyes, and Mary bowed beside him. Presently he spoke again. Where is Aemer? For my eyes darken, and I would see him ere I go. He must be king after me, and I would send word to Eowyn. She, she would not have me leave her, and now I shall not see her again, dearer than daughter. Hail, king of the mark, he said. Ride now to victory. Bid Eowyn farewell. And so he died, and knew not that Eowyn lay near him. Very nice, but she didn't die. She did not die. No, she did not die. But she was down for the count. Right. So sad. So sad. sad. So that's that's who I picked for best dad. More than Sam Dad. Sam Dad. I love Sam Dad, but he's like verbally abusive. Yeah. <laughs> not, not just. No, 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 not, 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 not Gaffer. I'm talking about Sam. Dad. Oh, Sam's. Oh, I thought Sam's, Sam's dad. I said Sam Dad as what young Eleanor. Yes, calls her. Sam Dad, but we see very little of it. Okay. We only see yeah. it in that unofficial epilogue. You want so. things that have a bit more conclusive evidence. Yes. 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 Uh, maybe he gets things a little bit better than his own dad. What has to hope? Yeah. What has to hope? Uh, I think he's very sweet to yeah. his children. I, I, I base that just on that epilogue and nothing else, but I, I think... And also just the fact that, like, Sam is best. Yeah. <laughs> Sam is best. Best character. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Happy Father's Happy Day! Father's Day! Mom, if you had to pick one Lord of the Rings character to be your dad... To be my dad? To be your dad. Oh. Which is the most like your grandpa. Which is the most <laughs> like my grandpa? Nobody. No? There can be nobody like my no, grandfather. No, there's, there's nobody like him. I mean, there's nobody nearly as obsessed with Judge Judy, for one thing. So. <laughs> there's nobody who eats yeah, as much they, Wheaties. They have a TV in, uh, in the Middle Earth. In, yeah. yeah, Middle Earth. So I, I can't tell you. No? No. All right, Ryan, if you had to pick someone to be your dad. My dad. Who's going to be your dad? I think Gandalf would be a cool dad. You think? He got magic tricks. He's but got imagine him. when he gets, like, angry at you. But I'm a good boy. I would never make him mad. You made your own dad mad. I know you did. He turned, like, you Gandalf. made him a mad dad. And when he yelled, he made the dark corners of the room go larger. Yeah, yeah. and he, like, seemed to get taller, and he said, Do not take me for a conjurer of cheap tricks! I said, Sorry, Dad. Sorry, Dad. Oh, it's okay. Yeah. I love you, son. Let's go throw the pigskin around. Thanks, Pop. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you want for a dad, Joanna? Me? Sam. Yeah, I know. I think Sam would be the nicest dad. I just, like, want to be in proximity to Sam. This will be around Sam. In, in whatever capacity. I just really love Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you wouldn't, if he called you Ninny Hammer. No, he would never do that. He would never he do would it. He's taking it seriously. He's not like his own father. He would never do that. He's breaking the vicious cycle of abuse. Yeah, he made a, he made a note to his children. I would never call you Ninny Hammer. My never. father called me Ninny Hammer, but I'll never call that to you. And all his kids are like, yeah. what the hell is a Ninny Hammer? <laughs> I, don't, I don't have a paternal word horn. So. <laughs> all right, Ryan, what you got for me? Is it dad-related? Uh, is it about dads? There actually are some dads in here. There are some dads? Um, Good dads or bad dads? Oh, you'll see. So, this is our 66th episode of What's Lightsaber's Oh Precious. my god, that is the most satanic one. Well, we need another... Six, six minutes. I bet. I bet. If you listen to this episode sixty six, and then you listen to minute six, I bet like it gets all distorted. And if you play it backwards, it's like it's 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 like it's Judas Priest music. I'm talking about. <laughs> I that's what happens. I was gonna say that's a thought. I was gonna say a satanic message, but then my wires got crossed, and so it's just gonna be Judas Priest. I'm talking about Order 66 today. <gasps> Is it the one they, they, they made Commander Cody do? Yes. So, Vicky, you haven't seen the prequels, it seems like, uh, except for The Phantom Menace. Do you know what Order 66 is? 
No, I'm sorry. I no, 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 I don't apologize. More and more to learn. Dark-sided. So, oh. let's, it's a bit of a historical document, a very important historical event in the Star Wars timeline. At 2100 hours local time, on the 1000th, 89th day of the Clone Wars, 19 years before the Battle of Yavin, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine retired to his private office in the Republic Executive Building on Coruscant, activated his comm unit, and issued Order 66. Almost immediately across the galaxy, his army of clone troopers turned on their Jedi allies, killing near the entire Jedi Order in one fell swoop. I remember that from um, Lego Star Wars. Yes. It was actually really sad in well, Lego Star Wars because there's all these cute little Lego characters getting killed. It was pretty sad in episode 3, too. No, it was way sad okay. in Lego Star Wars. <laughs> but what was Order 66? And where did it come from? How did it work? And who paid the ultimate price? Let's learn about it. Well, it came okay. from Palpatine. It worked by them killing all the Jedi. And who paid the ultimate price was the Jedi who got killed. Easy and slightly <laughs> wrong answers. <laughs> Order 66 can be found in a document entitled Contingency Orders on the Grand Army of the Republic, Order Initiation, Orders 1 through 150, GAR Document COCL 56 through 95. Uh, I love when you talk bureaucracy to me. Beautiful, right? Yeah, wonderful. A document containing the series of special contingency orders that covered any and all emergency situations which the Grand Army of the Republic, the clone troopers, were prepared to execute immediately and without question, and only in specific cases in extreme necessity. So, like, there'd be, like, if there's, like, a, you know, the Chancellor was senile or something. There'd be, like, an order in there that's going to follow through on immediately. Okay, so um, they have something. They have a contingency for if the Chancellor is senile, but not for if he's literally evil. Well, here's what Order 66 reads in this, okay? <laughs> evil, fine. Senile, no. <laughs> in the event of Jedi officers acting against the interests of the Republic and after receiving specific orders verified as coming directly from the Supreme Chancellor, GAR, in Grand Army of the Republic, commanders, or remove those officers by lethal force, and command of the GAR will revert to the Supreme Chancellor until a new command structure is established. So basically, if the uh, Jedi officers are going against what the Supreme Chancellor orders, you should kill them. Whoa. If the, if the Chancellor says you kill them, you should probably kill them. That's stupid. Why did they write that into their constitution? Now, that's the weird thing, right? So the thing is, in, or, in the orders, like, around them, they're like, there's all like, Checks and balances, like, it has to go through the Senate. I was gonna it has to say, go like, can you imagine if there was, like, a rule in the U.S. Constitution that was, like, if legislators aren't listening to the president, you should kill them? Right. <laughs> like, like, we'd be even more screwed than we are now. It's surrounded by things like that, like, real boring sort of bureaucratic nonsense. Something like 66 kind of slid in and under it's the like, radar. also murder. Oh, so it's, like, pork barrel. Yeah. Basically, exactly. they add some, yeah. they, except instead of, like, more money for local sanitation, it's, like, also, you're just gonna kill them. Right. So this is the only order that came directly from the Supreme Chancellor and was required to be followed immediately without question. So that's kind of uh, pretty uh, pretty direct there. If he says you're acting against the Republic, then kill them Jedis because not even arrest them, not even contain them, not even detain them. Just Did the Jedi never read this document? Because I feel like if you read this you... document, you're like, I'm going to pursue other employees. Did you hear the name of it? Should I read it to you again? Yes. Here's the orders of the Grand Army of the Republic, or initiation, orders 1 through 150, GAR document, CO at CL, 56 through 95. That's what I want to sit down and read before uh, bed every night. I don't yeah. even read, like, yeah. the terms and conditions for YouTube, so I'm not going to read that. <laughs> yeah, no one's gonna, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't know what you're signing away. That's really And exactly boring. what Palpatine knew. He knew people hated bureaucracy, and that's what he could use to get his power. I love how his magical evil power is bureaucracy. Hey, man, it worked. Hmm. Would you sign it, Mom? No. No, definitely Would you read not. it, though? But would you read <laughs> it, though? Would you read it, though? <laughs> now, you might say to yourself, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, 
there's going to be clone troopers who are going to say no to this, right? Because, like, they seem pretty tight. You know, you got, like, Anakin and Captain Rex are pals. Yeah. Like, Obi-Wan and Commander Cody are pals. Like, surely there are troopers who are like, uh-uh. So why should they follow it, right? Why should they? Well, to further ensure they carried out the plan when the time came, the Order was programmed into a biochip implanted to every clone's brain. What the hell? On Order wow. from Palpatine. <laughs> That was not conveyed in the movies. No. It was just kind of like troopers or dicks. Yep, so the Kaminoans got paid extra to put brain chips in them that would kill them if they disobeyed the order. Oh my god, but could they disobey other orders? Well, was it like, you know, like you only get a 15 minute break and they take like 23 minutes? (laughs) Would they die immediately? (laughs) No, there was one situation where a clone figured out that the brain chip existed. Oh god. It was a soldier named Tup. Again, the clones all had, like, weird serial number Tup. names. They had names, like, there's Tup, and there's Fives, and there's Rex, and, and Cody, and He got, like, Ray. a minor concussion, and they did an MRI, and they were like, what the hell? So he had these weird swings in, in personality all of a sudden. Like, he go from being, like, a real fun, happy guy to being, like, really serious, and, like... And um, I think that's called alcoholism. Well, it was until he murdered his Jedi officer. Before that also is called alcoholism. <laughs> and so several clones are sent out to, to get this guy, because obviously he's, like, unhinged or something, right? Yeah. And there's one guy called Fives who Tup uh, expressed this, you know, he said, like, I have having these crazy dreams about, you know, killing our Jedi Masters, and, you know, I can't, I can't stop myself from doing it. It's something in my head. You know, I've been these headaches all the time. And Fives like, dude, that sounds like... Bad. That sounds bad. Like, <laughs> like do we all have that? And so, like... So Fives took him to a medical droid, and the droid removed a tumor from Tup's brain, which was the biochip. Yeah. However, it was so tightly implanted in his brain that Tup died shortly afterwards, but finally the voices in his head had stopped, his headaches were gone. <sighs> and Fives was like, oh crap, I gotta tell everybody about these chips in our heads, because like, if he's got it, yeah, we've all got it. Right. But of course, Palpatine had him assassinated before he got could get anybody. Is there like a button that Palpatine can press to detonate the chip remotely, I don't even think if they don't not. disobey? That'd be cool. I don't know. It's like Battle Royale or something. I'm not sure. I'm just saying, like he's he's pretty evil, dude. I have another question. Yeah, they're all clones, right? Yeah. So, like, when they were searching for this rogue, murderous, like trooper, how did they tell which one was him? Like, I feel like they just go up to him and be like, like they have guns drawn. They're like, "Are you top?" And he's like, "Nah." So again, <laughs> so like, nah. If you I'm, watch- I'm I'm this requires some deep nerd stuff. If you watch the Clone Wars cartoons, you see the clones actually develop personalities of their own. And well, like, yeah, but his personality is erratic, so they're not going to be able to tell by that. Well, that makes it, that's his personality. The one who's like, has a crazy bipolar so they're personality. they just for a guy who's freaking out. I think they already like locked him up before they showed up, and they just want to like make sure they, they basically send him out to like bring him back to Camino to get reprogrammed, essentially. Oh, okay, so. so it's another thing where they're like gathering up like this, you know, this this little group to like go find him. It's like, all right, man, look for a guy who's just acting freaky. No, no, they, he knew they were coming. They, 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 they called for these guys specifically. If I were him, I would just act like super chill. If it were me, like, I simply would not act crazy. I simply would stop having mental illness. I, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that was before Order 66 was ordered, and so, like, obviously Palpatine wanted to keep it all pretty hush-hush, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't anyone to know that. But it is true that not every clone followed the order. A handful of squads in the galaxy resisted the biochip's influence or believed it to be a false enemy signal. So it's not just that the biochip would kill them if they disobeyed. It would, like, try to force them mm-hmm. to carry it out. Yes. Because I was going to say, you're going to... Uh, maybe this is too optimistic about human nature, but I feel like you're going to lose a lot of troopers if, like, the only ones you keep around are the ones who are psychopaths. Like, Tup killed his Jedi Master without, like, without wanting to. Like, he was yeah. he was conscious during yeah. it. So... 
So, again, some people thought it was a false enemy signal. I said, no, 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 Palpatine would never say that. Like, he wouldn't. It's crazy. It's got to be from the from the from the. Battle. I mean, look at him. Separatist. Look at him. Does that look like an evil guy? His his eyes are sunken <laughs> two feet into his head, and he, he sounds has, like this. He has like he has like brow furrows, like the bad guy from Underdog. And he yells, <laughs> "Ultimate power!" <laughs> he scream ultimate power. Like this guy seems above board. Yeah, but in all instances, all the commandos and clone troopers obeyed the Order sixty six. Order 66 also authorized the newly christened Darth Vader and the 501st Legion to attack the Jedi Temple. Remember, this is part of the movie where Anakin is leading his little squadron into the temple. Yeah. However, deciding to take a more surprise attack approach, a mission named Operation Nightfall was devised where the clones attacked any Jedi, any Jedi they found in the temple. Masters, Padawans, even younglings. So this is like when Anakin's going through killing the kids. Yeah, I know he yeah. kills kids. Do you remember that part? No, you didn't see that movie. Darth, young Darth Vader's first come an evil and he goes into the Jedi Temple and starts killing kids. It's like oh. the way they frame it in the movie is actually kind of unintentionally funny. It's also like shocking for I think I think it's funny because it was shocking. It was funny because it was shocking. That's probably yeah. why we laugh. But yeah, like it closes up on like this four year old's face and then you just hear Anakin's lightsaber go <laughs> like off screen. Well this little boy says, oh, Master Anakin, what's going on? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Man, that's kind of brutal. It's brutal. It's dark. Dur- now, here's makes it even more dark. During the fighting, Darth Vader altered a beacon that alerted Jedi across the galaxy, the ones who had not fallen to clones in their ranks, that the Clone Wars were over and ordered them back to the temple, where a garrison of clone troopers lay in wait to finish them off. <laughs> that's a trick! It is. It's a trick. Who is this guy? The Joker? That's untruthful. Yeah, what is he? What is he, damaged? All the Jedi who were compiled with the Beacon's mandate were killed by squads of clones on arrival, some of whom were disguised as Jedi themselves. So they'd be like, greet at the door by guys in robes and welcome back, and then, you know, like, shut up. I mean, up. like, all you have to do is put on a robe. Yeah, it's totally crazy. Yeah, I'm going to put it on top whatever you can. Dang it! How can I see <laughs> that perfect disguise? Now, Obi-Wan and Yoda managed to change the signal back to tell the Jedi, go, go into hiding! Don't come here! It's bad! It's bad! It's bad! So the bodies of the slain Jedi were publicly burned on a massive pyre in front of the temple. Boy, the optics of that are not good! Well, if you remember the optics here, that Palpatine's telling the story, the Jedi turned against him. They're the enemy of the state. They need to be killed and burned. But isn't, like, burning a bunch of corpses, like, a pile of corpses, isn't that just, like, a bad visual? Like, doesn't that kind of give the impression that you're the bad guys? It gives the impression that you got the power, baby. Burning a pile of corpses never makes you look like a like a chill dude. No, it never does. <laughs> Generally speaking. So, in, all in all, this started the Great Jedi Purge, and less than 100 Jedi survived Order 66. The two we see in the movies are Yoda and Obi-Wan, but, of course, in the books and the comics, there's always, like, Oh, I was on the other planet when it happened. I, I was on the John. <laughs> Nobody thought to check. The clones couldn't find me. <laughs> I was pooping. They didn't want to see me pooping, so they just left. But I thought it'd be good, to, since we're doing a kind of memorial episode of this tragic event, kind of remember some of the ones we've lost along the way during Order 66. As we go on. Anyone put some music over it? Like, <laughs> Let's start with a little fellow called Plo Koon. Oh, wait. Oh, I haven't heard that name. He looks like this. This is Plo Koon. Okay, I don't remember that thing. I think he made a great face. What does Plo Koon oh look like gosh. to you? Describe him. Uh, it looks like a uh, red-haired Shirley Temple with a <laughs> black leather, I don't know, mask with, like, spider fangs. Okay. Down. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> what she described as, as Shirley Temple hair is actually his exoskeleton. He's like a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ryan, Shirley Temple's hair was also her exoskeleton. You uncultured swine. So, Plo Koon. Yeah. Animal crackers in the soup. <laughs> he was a Keldor. 
on the pl- from the planet Doran, who became a Jedi Master and lifetime member of the Jedi High Council. Lifetime member of uh, of, of Planet Fitness. <laughs> <laughs> Judgment-free zone. Flo Koon. <laughs> he set up that alarm so many times, he can so, stop grunting. What, what Vicky pointed out as his uh, bug mandibles are actually, it's a breath mask he had to wear. The gases on this planet were like a different composition, so he was actually allergic to carbon dioxide, Nitrogen and oxygen. What a loser. Fatally allergic to them. So he had to wear a breath mask on places like mm-hmm. Coruscant, where he, and also they were thought to be able to like withstand the vacuum of space for a short time because they don't need to breathe our air or something. Just because they're like allergic to our air doesn't mean they need no air. Well, also, they wore goggles because their eyes were also allergic to the gases on other planets. <laughs> my eyes are allergic. So they would be blind and become blinded by oxygen. So. They're really not equipped to be off their planet. But here we have Plo Koon, a Jedi Master. Doing great. Looking like Shirley Temple Bug. It's great. We love him. <laughs> She's born into a family strong in the Force. Uh, his own Force sensitivity was discovered at an early age. He was turned over to the Jedi Order early in his infancy. So he's like a little baby. Mm-hmm. This little bug baby joined the Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wearing his little tiny breath mask. And- how, do you convince, <laughs> how do you get a baby to like not take off its glasses? Because it's going to do that. Babies hate wearing them. Right? Babies are definitely yeah. going to rip it off and be like, oh, I'm blind forever because I'm a baby and I'm stupid. Maybe they did the thing where they... How do they ensure compliance in these babies? You know like baby glasses have like the hooks that go behind your ears? They go like right. all the way around? Yes. Yeah, that's what I, think. I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, my cousin Caleb had those, but I feel like my cousin Caleb definitely took his glasses off sometimes. Maybe Plo Koon... Well, Plo Koon got a reputation as he got older for being uh, making quick and clear distinctions between right and wrong. So maybe he was a goody-goody from the start. Right? Okay, he's he was like, like, I need to wear my glasses because Master Yoda <laughs> says I gotta wear my glasses. It's like self-selecting for goody-goody. If I don't wear my glasses, I'm gonna go blind. I'm gonna go blind, yeah. Right. All the rebels go blind. He took swift, decisive action with little or no thought to repercussions. So it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a hot shot. A little bit of a sarcastic guy, too. Uh, it tried his patience of his, of his masters at the Jedi Temple. He really preferred lightsaber stuff over diplomacy. Okay. Uh, not like so. Uh, weapon of choice was not bureaucracy. No, 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 no. He was a very like straightforward to the point, straight shooter kind he of guy. He was like a straight shooter. I mean, I mean, how could you trust a face like this? Look right? at that, that that turtleneck is so tan. It's beautiful. Like that's a very straight <laughs> tan sort of out, outfit. That's it's like a nerd nerdcore outfit or a uh, normcore. Normcore, yeah. yeah. He's one of the more developed Jedi in like the Clone Wars cartoons and the comics and stuff. Yeah. For some reason. He's like a Shirley Temple bug, but the people love him, man. In the show of the Clone Wars, he's the one who found Ahsoka when she was a little kid. When she's a little baby. He's the one who found her and discovered her force. My powers. mom doesn't know who Ahsoka is. Ahsoka is a Jedi from the show Clone Wars, who's a little a teenager and Anakin trains her. She's like the one of the main oh. characters in that cartoon. Yeah, it's kind oh, of a sausage fest okay. otherwise I had to put, right. a, put a cool girl mm-hmm. character. Hmm. So as Plo Koon led his squadron of uh, starfighters through the skies of Cator Nemoidia during the Clone Wars, Palpatine ordered Order 66 from Coruscant. This is like a really descriptive paragraph on Wikipedia. You can tell the guy writing this, like, I don't know, you can kind of come to your own conclusions, but it's like very descriptive. Unaware of the danger he was in, Plo Koon's craft was struck by a volley of laser fire as his escorts opened fire on their newly assigned target. So those guys behind him are shooting at him. The guys yes. who think mm-hmm. the valleys. Um... Mm. His starboard wing in flames. The craft's engines exploded, consuming Plo Koon's body and ending his life. His crippled starfighter promptly went into a spin, clipping a spire-shaped clone stationary, jutting up from the bridge city below and breaking apart, ejecting Koon's astromech droid in the process. Well, this guy has, like, wet dreams about Plo Koon's death. This guy, like, watches car crashes for this fun. This guy, like, definitely watches compilations of people, like, falling <laughs> down and getting hurt on YouTube, but not like the funny ones, the ones where people actually get hurt. He watches the loop of Plo Koon getting shot down by his boys... Over and over. This is also this is in episode three. This is a part of episode three. Yeah. You see Plo Koon get shot down by his guys. Yeah, but you don't see it in that level of detail. No! <laughs> like, 
Now, the interesting thing I'm going to keep coming back to is that there's a, there's a, what really happened in the Clone Wars is the official report from the New Empire. And as you can imagine, they differed quite a bit. So official reports from the newly formed Empire went to great care fabricating the reasons behind Kuhn's execution in order to spin compelling anti-Jedi propaganda in favor of Emperor Palpatine. These official documents stated that Kuhn's death was a result of a suicidal terrorist attack on a Nemoidian grub nursery. A grub nursery? And the are growing grubs, and he was going to crash his starfighter into it. You can't do this to poor grubs. Huh? Yeah. It's I've a, seen grubs. They're helpless. Let me tell you guys, fake yeah. news. Fake news. Fake, that didn't really happen. Right. It was a lie made up to make Palpatine look better. It wasn't just his boy shooting him down. He was trying to destroy a grub nursery. God. It's like that mm. time when CNN reported that Trump was trying to destroy a grub nursery. Exactly. <laughs> that was so fake. So fake. All right, let's go to another Jedi we lost. Ayla Sakura. All right, mom, you have to a lady Jedi. Oh, this is looks like a, a woman. A woman, a lady. I think blue woman. A blue woman, yeah. Um, I I don't know what parts are part of her, you know, part of her body, and what part are the body. What do you? What part are you confused by? Well, this thing extending from the top of her head down uh, her back like a ponytail. Yes, it's blue. It's like, that, her, it's like her, right? Yeah. These, these are her head tent. These are her leku, her te- head tentacles. Oh. She, she's a Twi'lek. That's what they all have. They have these head things. Oh. I can't yeah. remember what they're for, though. They're for, like, communication, and they store some of their brains. Whoa. We talked about it a little bit. But yeah, sure, she's a, uh, a Twi'lek. Uh, she's the blue Jedi. Again, I'm talking about the specific ones you see in the movie get murdered by clones, because I think that's people are going to know them. She was born Ayla Sakura. That's like one long word. It became two separate words when she got off Ryloth. When she when she got off at Ellis Island. Yes. These long twenty left names. We're gonna chop that in half. Ayla Sakura. What what is that? Polish? Yeah. Yeah. Polish. At least put a hyphen in too there many, somewhere. Like too many Z's in this. What the heck? Uh she became a general during the Clone Wars. As she was, like every Star Wars character, important on her home world. She was the niece of the chief of Clan Sekera on Ryloth, her home planet. So she's like, yeah, kind of, a, she's, a, she's a niece of the chief. She's kind of a big deal, mm-hmm. right? As a two-year-old, Ayla Sakura was kept with the Twi'lek slaves of a local hot crime lord to keep her safe from any possible threats. Oh yeah, that'll keep her safe. So hey, like, with Jabba the Hutt. It's like a yeah. bunch of hut. Yeah, so like, there's the always, always slave yeah. girls, but she's hidden among them so that no one could find the chief's niece. I don't know. I thought it'd be a good idea. One day, the Wampa guard of the hut went on a rampage. Now, Wampa is the snow monster from Empire Strikes Back. Big hairy monster. Hold on, I have to show my mom a Wampa. Okay. W-A-M-P-A. This is from Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. This is uh, the big snow monster that kidnaps Luke and keeps him in his cave. Remember him? Oh. Maybe not. But anyway, the top one of these is... Looks like uh, the one uh, at the North Pole. Yeah, Yeti. Looks like a Yeti. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a Yeti, basically. The Hut had one of these as a pet. It went on a rampage, and little Ayla Sakura found herself in immediate peril because this Yeti is rampaging through a hut. She emanated her need through the forest when sensed, and was sensed and saved by a Jedi named Quinlan Voss. So Jedi kind of showed up on nowhere, like, I sense a kid who's in danger of a Wampa. I'm going to get in there and save her. And he did. And they formed a strong force bond almost immediately, and Quinlan Voss became her Jedi Master. Oh, cool! Yeah, again, she's only, like, four at the time. How could she enter into a contract like that? A legally binding contract? Well, technically they became... shady. Technically she became the Padawan when she was ten, but they, like, met when she was four. Okay. So... You know. And he's like, do you want to bind yourself to me as my pupil for the rest of your life? Preschooler. And she's like, oh, yeah, 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 
<laughs> I saw Wampa, it was big and scary roaring me. I, I moved the bus today and it made a loud sound. <laughs> <laughs> so Ayla Sakura was a skilled swordswoman. She studied the Ataru and Shien fighting styles of lightsabers. And as a child, she once learned a very valuable lesson when, when her pet Felucian cat bunny, Tada, died. Ta-da! Ta-da! Cat bunny? Yes. So it's a, this is creature from the planet Felucia. It's this little cute cat bunny thing. It died. Her master Quinlan Voss comforted Ayla by relating to her how her beloved pet was now part of the force and would live on in her heart. And then he flushed it down the toilet. No, she actually took, she actually took uh, her back to Felucia to bury her pet. Oh. Yeah. That's nice. He bur- she buried Tada on his home planet. So. Nice. That's pretty sweet, right? Mm-hmm. When Ayla was 18, she and Voss were assigned on a mission to go investigate the sources of glitteril spice. Again, spices like Star Wars drugs. They kind of go bust up a drug ring. These two Jedi, right? Bust up a meth lab. It didn't go well. The two were captured and drugged. Sakura and her master suffered heavy amnesia. She was taken by her uncle, Paul Sakura, who fed her even more glitteril spice every what? day because her spirit kept reasserting itself. He, he, he is her evil uncle. It's not the uncle. No, this is not the chief. It's not the chief. I got very confused during this story. This is a different uncle. This is an uncle who wants to be the chief. Oh. Her other uncle who kidnapped her and kept feeding her drugs to keep her forgetting who she was. Well, what was his endgame there? You know, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This seems like a crappy thing to do. So basically, she she forgot she was a Jedi and that she even had force powers at all and that she didn't have a master. Uh, Quillen Voss wasn't quite as, like, amnesiatic. And he ended up killing her uncle in front of her. But since she understood that this is the nice uncle who gives me the happy pills, right? It was like, how could you? You killed my uncle! And she ran away from, from her, her master, all confused and amnesic. It's like a long story. She goes and she actually gets picked up by a dark Jedi who likes A dark Jedi? Yeah, like an evil Jedi. Actually, in... Isn't that just called Sith? No, they're different. They're different. Sith are like an order. They're like a... There's only be two, right? Jedi who are... Fallen, who don't believe in the Jedi principles anymore, and follow the dark side of dark Jedi. Oh my god. Yeah, it's very confusing. That's another word. There's, there's an Anzadi dark Jedi. <laughs> and Anzadi, if you remember, Joanna, is like Danic Jericho. Yeah, yeah, Space yeah, yeah. vampires. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he didn't really want to train her. He just wanted to drink her brain soup <laughs> as a vampire. That's what Tale he does. Tale as old as time. <laughs> Tell you what. Quinlan Voss showed up and told her, you know, you're not that, you're a Jedi. And they got in a big fight, and... After that, Ayla's like, oh, wow, I remember who I am. Oh, it came back to me. But at that point, obviously, Quinlan Boss is like, this is way too much trouble. I'm done being a Jedi Master. I'm going to go off on my own. Later, Ayla Sakura. Peace. And he kind of became a Jedi Ronin. He called himself a leaf on the wind after that. Wow. And she was kind of sad. Raising free. teenagers sucked that much for him. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, I quit my job. I'm going like, to yeah, roam really, the countryside. He's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So she now had no master. She got her memories back, and so she said, I might as well take the test of knighthood now, the Jedi knighthood. She went on lots of adventures. And is, like, she's another Jedi, got like a ton of advancement in like the books and the TV shows and stuff. And the, in the Clone Wars cartoon, she has a French accent for some reason. I don't know. Are they French? The Twi'leks? Yeah. I don't know. She's like, uh, she's French, yeah. I mean, I can do her voice because I don't know if I can do it. But... You can do a French accent. Oh, it's me, I la Sakura. bleu. I am a Jedi. Who's blue? That was very good. Uh-huh. That was very good. <laughs> That's what she sounds like. I'm impressed. Thanks. Through the nose. Yeah, always through the nose. I feel like she got a lot of the attention because she's considered to be, like, the hot one of the Jedi uh, that are introduced in the prequels. Uh-huh. She is, like, her midriff showing. That is hot. Now, we're still talking about this one. This with the blue, blue lady. Yes. <laughs> the blue lady. Her back. 
It kind of fans like aliens. Fans consider her to be like the, the sexy Jedi, right? Do you remember when I was playing that one game where I was dating the alien guy and you said he looked like a bug? I and don't Mass remember. Effect. Mass yeah. Effect. It was a long time ago. I was playing Mass Effect and you told me my alien boyfriend looked like a bug. But some people, some people like aliens. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there, I'll remember there, that. There was one story where she gets to hang out with Ewoks for a little bit, which I thought was kind of cute. That's adorable. But, um, she was known as an empathetic and highly intelligent Jedi, but also impulsive and somewhat mischievous. She had a brief romantic relationship with Kit Fisto, which I didn't know about. Kit Fisto? Kit Fisto is... You can find a picture of him. I mean, I love Kit Fisto. He's probably my favorite Jedi in the prequel movies. That's what you always say. I love Mr. Kit. I'll do a whole episode about Kit Fisto someday. <laughs> I don't know why, but Ryan loves this guy. <laughs> Look at him! Look at this guy! <laughs> Look at that smile! Look at that smile! Look at this smile. guy, Mom! Oh, my! Ryan loves this guy! How could he eat that winning smile? <laughs> but Ayla Sakura, the blue lady... And a relationship with Kit Fisto. He looks so goofy. They decided eventually that the Jedi Order is probably more important, so they kind of, like, they stayed friends, but kind of decided, I probably shouldn't do this. this well, yeah, because love is, like, apparently outlawed for Jedi, except, like, not really, yeah. I feel like. Ail- Sakura's attire was practical, albeit somewhat revealing, and allowed her, to- allowed her to both move freely and show her Jedi affiliations. She also wore ornate jewelry on her navel. Okay. Cherry Pierce belly button. Yeah, that doesn't that sound mean. practical. That doesn't sound practical to me, though. That sounds like something somebody could grab in a fight. So here's a sentence written by a pervert. When she retired from her duties to sleep, she usually wore an ornate red and gold floral robe, although she tended to leave its folds fully open, exposing her body in the process. Oh. No. Why do we need to know I that? Too much information. Where did they find that out? Where, how that did important? they know? Did they make that up? Don't know what I. There's At some, least that's how it goes in my fanfic. Yeah. Oh god. Eighty-four k words now on fanfiction.net. Now near the end of the war, Ayla Sakura was on a mission uh, with a squadron of clones to Felucia, which is that same planet where her her cat bunny yeah. was buried. Unfortunately, it was also there where Palpatine ordered sixty-six. Oh no. She was shot down on the same home planet of her bunny. Oh. At least they're together. Official records of the Galactic Empire stated that Ayla Sakura was executed because she was plotting to poison Felucia's water supply. Oh, no. What do you think? She's gonna, well, she was going to put chlor- chlorine in it. She wasn't. It's a lie. She was just there on a mission. She was going to fluoridate. Fake news. No, she was right. going to fluoridate the water so they could all mind control us. No, no, no. Fake news. She was going <laughs> to... Okay, I have one more Jedi to talk about here. Mr. Key Addy Mundy. Let's take a look at him. What do you think of Key Addy Mundy? Yeah, describe oh, him. Oh, um, well, Key Mundy... Top of his head, you know, like the previous yes. uh, lady, instead of it drooping down the back, it goes straight up. Yeah, it's kind of a cone head, right? Exactly. Yeah. He basically uh, is like Dan Aykroyd in the movie Cones, but... With a cool beard and eyebrows, though. Yeah, white uh, eyebrows, beard, mustache. Now, Mom, do you think it looks like he's been crying? Because I think it looks like he's been crying. Yeah, a little bit. There's yeah. some redness around his eyes, a little bit puffy. And he's been... You know, yeah, I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah. He looks look like, like he's kind of like, no, crying. I'm fine. Well, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm after just... I discuss Kitty Money, you might understand why he might have been crying for this picture. Because he died? That oh, makes me I mean, cry. yeah, but... <laughs> Thinking about I'm sorry, it's just, it's just that I'm dead, so it just so, makes me really sad. Of all the Jedi we've talked about, he's probably the highest ranking on the council. Uh, he is a species called a Serean, that's C-E-R-E-A-N. They were famed for their extraordinary thinking abilities, made possible by their large binary brains and tall, tapering heads. 
But intelligence doesn't actually have anything to do with brain size. But he has a binary brain, which allowed him to ponder two sides of an issue at the same time. Oh. On two separate parts of his brain. <clears throat> You mean like the right side and the left side? Yeah, exactly. But you can keep conscious of both at the same time. That's messed up. Wow. And their whole species could do that. Because of the weight of their large skulls, Syrians often had back problems. Like <laughs> <laughs> how it's so practical. <laughs> Looking at that guy, yeah, he probably is. Yeah, probably back, 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 back pain. <laughs> He's wearing one of those corsets. Yeah. Those braces. Those yeah. elastic braces. <laughs> Serenes were, sec- Serenes were a sexually dimorphic series, with male Serenes aging more rapidly than their female counterparts. Addition- That's a weird sexual dimorphism. Why would that, evolutionarily, what would be the benefit there? I don't know. Okay. Tell me. Well, I mean, the reason women, uh, female humans, tend to live longer than um, the males is because they are needed to raise children after mm-hmm. having them, whereas males, males are, are biologically, they're biologically expendable after they spread their seed. Well, that's why they age so fast, the men do. Because they're biologically expendable. Maybe. So this guy spread a lot of seed, is what you're well, saying, he looks old as hell. I mean, he also might just be like 25, we're not really sure. He might be aging really wild, really fast. Additionally, males were outnumbered by females due to a skewed birth rate ratio of 20 females to every one male, which is like... 20 girls for every boy. <laughs> so as a result, polygamous marriage was a necessity in order to, for the species to survive. Each male usually had one primary bond wife and between four and ten honor wives. I'm sorry, is this like the fundamentalist Latter-day Saints? A little bit. Like that, if, that's, if, the, <laughs> if the Mormons had males that aged like twice as fast and they had 20 women. Um, they do. 20 Mormons, every one more male. Uh, how Mormon. many Mormons have you met? Because they definitely do. Yeah. So Keati Money is pretty old. By the time the movies turn around, like, he's born in 92 BBY. He's already, like, in his 80s by the... Uh, okay, so he is well old. 60s, rather, by the time. Yeah, he's an old guy, right? He was discovered at age four to become a Jedi. And Why is everybody discovered at age four? It's weird. But it's not... It's, this article in particular got me weirded out because it's, like, it was kind of rare for someone to be so old and join the Jedi Order. Four? Yeah. Four. <laughs> it's rare to join when you're four? Way too old. Didn't Anakin join when he was, like, six? And if you remember, Keanu Money's one of the guys who's like, he's too old to train. Oh, you want to talk? You wait until the Bible age But again, <laughs> if he ages fast, maybe a four-year-old's like a like an 18-year-old for a Syrian. Maybe. maybe. He's like an adult. Maybe he's like dog years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he'd be like 20, uh, 28, right? Yeah. Four, yeah. Seven. I'm actually 28. Woof, woof. So his master was actually Yoda. Yoda was his ma- Jedi oh. master. He trained under him specifically. And one of his first missions was to go back to Syria and liberate his home village from a gang of raiders. And he became the kind of the, the guardian over his planet's sector. That's kind of his job as like the Jedi in charge of keeping the peace in that area. Okay. He is granted a rare exception to the Jedi Order's ban on marriage due to the species' low birth rates. So Ki-Adi Monday was a polygamous guy. He had four honor wives and his bond wife named Shia. He had seven daughters, none of whom were born by Shia, which bitterly disappointed her, of course. All of his bond, all of his bond wife, he couldn't have a child with, his honor wise, you know. Is this like a, like a, was she barren? Was this like a, like a Leah and Rebecca thing? I know I'm getting big, biblical with you right now, but. It might have, I mean, I think so. I think it's kind of what's implied here. Um. He, he had a Monday desperately wanted a boy, but tried to conceal his disappointment from his wives. He avoided having children with Shia because he did not believe he could hide his feelings from her. Again, showing feelings as a Jedi. Bad news. His feel wait, wait, his feelings what? Feelings from her, but like being like dis- he enjoys being disappointed. Yeah. Like, you know, like he doesn't want to like <laughs> She can't know I enjoy this. <laughs> I think it is like she gave birth to a girl, he would not be able to hide his disappointment from her. And that'd make her feel really bad. He'd be like, shucks. He'd be like, crumbs. <laughs> Poe buddies nerfect. Poe buddies nerfect? Yeah. 
I don't know. It's a weird story. Uh, Monday, his family lived in a large house not far from Concave City. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. It's not a great name. I can, I can envision the shape of it, at least. <laughs> Concave. The polygamous yeah. nature of his family caused a lot of tension between his uh, wives, obviously between his, his bond wife, his Shia, and his sister wives. She was also really jealous of them because she's never had a kid with him, right? Yeah. Like, you, you keep having kids with these these other wives. Not about me. I'm your bond wife. What the heck, buddy? <laughs> right? Yeah. Monday, in turn, often had trouble understanding his wife's emotions and responding accordingly. Oh my god, he's such a man. What a man. What a man. I mean, he was still pretty big in the, in the Jedi Council, despite him having a polygamous family back in his home world. Yeah, got, they were okay with that. He was granted a lifetime seat on the Jedi High Council for his services to the Jedi Order, I guess. Before accepting, however, the rank of Jedi Master... He had to go on a mission to rescue his daughter, Sylvan, from the captivity of an agent of Jabba the Hutt. And in doing so, uncovered a whole Syrian smuggling ring and illegal trade federation activities. This is like a whole comic series that I... I was going like, to say, wow, this seems like the tip of a, a very big iceberg. And he teamed up with a shit you not, Effent Mon, through most of it. Effent Mon? Did you, can't, you don't team up with Effent Mon? Keanu Mundy did. Effent Mon can't go anywhere without getting recognized. He's Effent Mon. <laughs> I know, right? You see Effent Mon, Mom? He's, he's a man who looks like an elephant, so they literally just took the L out of elephant, and they just called oh, him Effent Mon. Effent Mon. He's one yes. of our worst named challenge contenders, because he looks like an elephant. His name is Elephant Man, essentially. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was like. Kiati Mundy's little, uh, <laughs> yeah. so there's always cool sidekicks, him and, him and uh, Effet Mon going through Jabba's palace trying to rescue his daughter. It's real stupid. When he finally got Shia, his daughter back, uh, Mundy finally got Shia pregnant and this time insisted he did not care whether it be a boy or a girl. But he was lying. But he was lying. He was lying, wasn't he? He had a change of heart. After, I mean, his, his daughter was in massive peril in Jabba the Hutt's lair and he's like, my friend Effet Mon, he really told me a lot about, you about know, women his... and th- their value and... He mostly sounded like... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, the feeling was there. It takes a real man to be a dad. I don't care what you have. I love a daughter just as much as a son. Cool. Yeah. I don't know how Effet Mon talks, but I think, I think it's pretty accurate. This is kind of dumb, but I'm like envisioning his wife's belly just like slowly expanding and going, shish, 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 shia. <laughs> In fact, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> he had a child. Did not, it, the wiki didn't say if it was a boy or a girl. That feels like a kind of a major oversight. Yeah, like, like it was. They don't say like it was a girl, but he was okay with it. But well, here's some Father's Day special. Maybe a little bit of why he's crying in the picture. Kiani Monday's entire family, including all of his wives and all eight of his children, were killed during the Battle of Saria. Oh wow! Oh, a brutal conflict which resulted in more than one million casualties and destroyed much of the planet. Oh wow! The wow. Dam- the damage was so extensive that there were no bodies of Monday's family members left to bury. Although Monday had always strived not to become attached toward his family per the Jedi Code, he nevertheless felt the attachment following the tragedy. Like, duh, right? Mm, yeah. However, Monday recognized he had to accept their passing and move on to stay true to the Jedi beliefs. Like, they're one with the Force now. Nothing he can do about it. So after mourning only in private, Monday applied himself even more thoroughly to his work as a Jedi General to overcome the grief. Which is really unhealthy, you know? Like That's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to let yourself feel it. If you go back to a therapist, he'd probably call him a freaking ninny hammer because that's, like, a really bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Kitty Mundy is another Jedi who gets a lot of adventures in the comics and the books and the Clone Wars cartoon. Again, he sees a guy who tells Anakin he's too old, even though he's like nine. Yeah. And here's a picture of him uh, of him fighting R.S. Singh while wearing a racist wizard outfit. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> it is kind of a racist wizard outfit. How, of- man- how does he manage to be dressed as a wizard but like also racist? It's because his hat has a cover his cone head. It kind of looks like this a... This guy here, it looks like right? It's kind of like, like a Chinese... 
Oh, yeah. What do they call those things? Like a coolie hat. It's, it's a little racist. I don't know. I came across it like, ugh. Not a good look, Yaddy Mundy. <laughs> <laughs> you like, make me look like a wizard, but also racist. <laughs> Here's an, also some bonus art I found of uh, a bad art of Anakin from the comics. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Oh, you can't money be like, calm the heck down, Anakin. <laughs> I don't know how to describe this picture. Now, what is it being poked in the so face? Ridiculous. Well, it's like two different panels, right? So it's like. Oh, 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 oh. That's what he's Getting money poking with his with his with his. You guys can't see this. You guys can't see. I'll post a picture of it, but uh, it looks like Yeti money is stabbing Anakin with his ass. So Anakin's going, yeah, and Kiki money saying Anakin, that was extremely reckless, and his journey does not exalt the death of so many. While poking him in the cheek with his cone head, yeah, 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 indeed. Uh, Mundi was leading the Galactic Marines across a bridge on Magito when Palpatine enacted Order 66. Realizing too late he'd been betrayed by his clone troopers, Mundi used his lightsaber to try to deflect some of the blows, but it wasn't enough. Aww. They shot him down in the stomach, turned him incapable of defending himself. Mm, that's a bad way to go. His last lines were, Come on, we must take the bridge! Wikipedia article has this in like a little quote box. It's, it's not, like, it's not quite, it's, it's not quite as catchy as like, let's roll or anything like that. We must take the bridge! <laughs> <laughs> that was his actual last word. <laughs> <laughs> I, but again, the Imperial Record had a different story to tell. They said that he was trying to plant explosives on that bridge. He was not. He was not. Fake, fake news. Fake news. Fake news. There's a bunch of other official records I want to talk about real quick. Okay. For example, Chief Archivist Jocasta knew. This is the lady who's in the Jedi Library. Yeah. Who like tells tells Obi Wan like, oh, there's no such place as Kamino. It's not in our records, therefore it doesn't exist. I'm a very bad librarian. <laughs> Her name is Jocasta. Jocasta knew. Okay, so I like the fact that she's named after Oedipus's mom. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah, she was killed by Darth Vader during the whole like attack of the Jedi uh, Temple. Mm-hmm. Reason for execution: being Har- a terrible librarian. Well, kind of <laughs> harboring information that threatened the Empire and its citizens. Yeah, she yeah. Sarah Camino was, so we killed her. So we killed her. Easy. <laughs> Maybe she just didn't know. <laughs> like, if you asked me to point out, like, you know, like, French Guiana on a map, I might be hard-pressed to yeah. do. It doesn't mean I'm harboring information. It just means I'm <laughs> bad at geography. <laughs> Padawan Zet Jukasa. Stationed at the Jedi Temple, he was killed by Sergeant Fox, members of the 501st Legion. He's like the cool kid who's like, when Bail Organa shows up in episode 3, yeah. and that cool kid who like flips his stuff on the yeah, bridge. Yeah, that's, that's Zet Jukasa. Official reason for execution, though, he was threatening Bail Organa with his lightsaber. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He was just trying to like do some sick flips or whatever. And... Here's a fun fact, too. This kid is actually uh, George Lucas's kid. Oh, really? It's a cameo, yeah. So he can actually do, like, sick flips and stuff? I'm not sure if that was really him, but yeah, he's, like, one fighting off the clone troopers when Bail Organa shows oh, up. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. You gotta have a cool role for his son, right? Master Travis. This is a guy named Travis, but he's got two A's in his name. Shut up! Why do we have, we have Luke, and now we have Travis! <laughs> he was stationed on the planet Garpy. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like E.T. saying the name Travis. Travis! <laughs> Can I listen to this, read this whole sentence? Because it's really funny. All the words are funny in it. Okay. Master Travis, stationed on Garky, killed by Sarge. <laughs> But I didn't think it'd be killed by Sarge on Torky. <laughs> planet, planet Garky. Oh, Garky. Killed Garky. by Sarge. Right. <laughs> I mixed up 
Gargian Trav! And what was Travis doing according to the Imperial record? He was stealing children to indoctrinate them into Jedi ways. So he's like... He was stealing children and doubling all the vowels of the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you are now berated! And this happened to hundreds of other Jedi. The record shows that all across the galaxy, people like Travis on Garky were killed by people like Sarge. I don't know what kind of people Sarge is. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a clone trooper. Okay. Order 66 is only the beginning of this event called the Great Jedi Purge, which kept going even past the Clone Wars. This is where like they went across the galaxy, exterminated Jedi left and right, um, led by Darth Vader most of the time. And it remained in effect indefinitely, even with the Imperial Stormtroopers that were hired on after the fact. Mm. Well, I guess they knew what they were signing up for. So, Order 66, guys, never forget. Okay? This is an important event. This is like... I won't. Never. Never forget. So, all of our fallen homies... I'm honestly just envisioning, like, Jesus hugging a crying Santa Claus in front of the Order 66 memorial. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and, uh, the Coolio song is playing. Oh, see you when you get there. If you ever get there, see you when you get there. Remember Sarah McLaughlin? Like, in the arms <laughs> of the angels. Yes. I think now you. I think now oh, if you play that so song, sad. if you play that song, you are legally obligated to show a picture of a very sad looking dog. Yes. Oh, can I hear her voice? Running into the other room. Yeah, no. Oh, no. I'm not watching this. No. I teach you. I hope you're sad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, cool. Let's move on to something more fun. Our new segment starting last week. Oh, the hot, the hot, the hot, the hot, the hottest take. Okay. So what was the hottest take? Actually, it was probably a good one to start with. They got tied votes. 50-50? 50-50 on the dot, baby. Oh, we should explain to my mom what the hottest take is. So the hottest take is our new game. We're trying to find people who have really bad opinions about Star Wars and Lord of the Rings online. Last week, our two opinions was that uh, Sam is bad and also too gay. From the Lord of the Rings side, from the Star Wars side, it was that when Star Wars first came out, uh, critic thought it was garbage for babies. And they both were equally bad, according to our, our listeners, which is funny. I like oh, that. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is bad. Both of them. Both of those are bad opinions. Both of so, those are very bad opinions. You got a new bad take this week, Joanna? Oh, I have a new bad take. I just have to scroll back a ways to find it. Hold on. Ready? Here we go. Here's my hot take. Okay, let's hear it. I always thought Legolas was a bit of a pansy for an elf. He had no ticker hiding behind his bow, picking off orcs from afar. Aye, a Balrog has come, parentheses, followed by sodden pants. The elves of old treated Balrogs with contempt. Feanor took an entire pack of them on by himself. Another post. Okay. Still pretty disappointing, though. After Gilgalad got worked over by Sauron, it seemed that most of the elves somehow turned into a heap of pansies. Very disappointing. So, pansy elves. Next post. Legolas was a big wussy. Image source equals expression slash face icon small happy dot gif. Those are all three the same guy. He just went went on a massive tear about how how Legolas is a pansy. Legolas is a pansy. Elves in general are pansies. Legolas is a pansy, and he, like, repeatedly, he repeatedly implied that Legolas pooped his pants when he saw the (laughs) blog. Like, repeatedly. (laughs) Like, not just once, but multiple times. It's like, but at least Fanor didn't poop his pants. It's like, Legolas also did not poop his pants. Are you getting that? You don't know that. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe Tolkien figured it was implied. (laughs) 
Was anybody talking about the smells? Yeah, they, I mean, like, there's, oh. yeah, no. So Legolas, Legolas is, is a, a pansy. Is a, is a poopy pansy. pansy. He's a poopy pansy. That's pretty bad. Yeah. That's a pretty bad take. What do you got? This is from a thread called Classic Trilogy Character Underwear Speculation. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. You this don't is, even have to say anymore. This is on yeah. the Force.net forum. It was from June 16th, 2003. Started by Jedi Master Owsley. I got this idea from a thread I saw in Lit Forum a long time ago. I'm looking to see what the oldest threads were. You pick three characters and speculate about what type of underwear they wear. Where's my game? Here's maybe discuss, repeat, and debate as much as desired. Here's mine. Luke Skywalker. Definitely briefs. He's a farm boy. A whiny boy. He lives with his aunt and uncle. Oh, they wear briefs. People live with their aunt and uncle definitely wear briefs. <laughs> Leia Organa. Well, we already know she doesn't wear a bra. There's only like ten good threads about it if you're curious. I'm not. Not. <laughs> I'm not particularly. I bet most of the time she wears silk panties, but on occasion, definitely a thong. Smiley oh, face. God! Mm, who is this person? Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> also silk panties on occasion of thong. That's weird, isn't it? Briefs. <laughs> definitely briefs. Briefs equal less material, equals less cost to the galaxy-wide market, and saves the Empire money. Your turn! There were, like, no other posts. <laughs> Everybody else is like, what is going on right here? <laughs> I'm not encouraging. I'm trying to sum that up and just be like, what underwear? <laughs> I thought it sucked. <laughs> it, it, it does suck. Yes. Oh, so, what year was that? 2003. Okay. Hey, cool. Yep. Mine was, hold on. Let me check. 2000. Older. Okay, so which 804 is... 8.04 in the morning. Oh, my God. Hold on. Actually, the first one he posted was... 10.38 a.m. on December 5th. The next day, 8.04 a.m., he woke up, immediately had to post it on <laughs> What is it about Twitter accounts? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, no, sorry. We went 7.24 a.m., 10.38 a.m., and then the next day, first thing in the morning. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's obsessed. So, yeah, those are our two hot takes this week. Legless is a pansy poopy butt, and... Leia wears a silk thong. On occasion. On occasion. <laughs> Which is worse. You can go on our Facebook and vote. I realize I can't look them on Twitter because it's not like, they don't give you enough space to actually type your, your ballots in. Like your Oh, they don't? Your nominations. They give you a limited number of characters. Oh, that's too bad. It sucks. So it's mostly going to be on Facebook from now on, guys. Sorry. Uh, but you can go on there and vote which one you think is the hottest take. And by again, hottest take I should explain is the dumbest. It's one that sucks the most. The one you make you groan and say that's dumb. That's the hottest take. It's a, sar- it's a sarcastic thing. Because we're sarcastic and negative on this show. We're fluent in sarcasm. Cool. Don't you hate people say that? Yeah. They just watch The Office constantly. That's all they do. Anyway. That's all they do. Anyway, uh, that has been our show. Thank you for listening. Vicky, thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's been an experience. I hope, now you can see how the sausage is made. I hope you yes, now I keep wanting to listen despite uh, our It's kind of inacc- nice to, to get a behind-the-scenes look. It's exclusive, yeah. So yeah. you better feel thankful. <laughs> I, know, <laughs> just, I do. I do. I'm just kidding. It was good having you here. Thanks for being here. Um, look us up. Listen to us. Yeah. Talk to you guys later. Bye. 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 <laughs>